40inbox.com here and we're going to be reacting to this article that lists the five famous people who lost everything for stupid reasons and I thought this would be kind of a, a funny one to read. So our culture is full of cautionary tales about rich and famous people who lose all their money and end up cleaning out the mop bucket after the nursing home janitor goes home for the night. Usually these people's downfalls are due to plain old greed and wastefulness, not checking their pockets of their designer suits for spare change before they throw it in their closet furnace, failing to make sure they've snorted every last line of cocaine off that male stripper's abs before they send him back to his wing of the mansion, etc. Which, you know, funny enough, I bet you there's super rich individuals that have like a male stripper or female stripper or whatever, in like their mansion that they just like pay like crazy crazy amounts of money for but others lose their fortunes for more far more drastic reasons sure these people may currently be elbow deep in janitor bucket but at least they each have a story to tell for example number five nicholas cage spent 150 million dollars and lost a $276,000 on a dinosaur skull. So after Nicolas Cage built up his fortune the good old-fashioned way by screaming and gesticulating wildly on camera, over the years, Cage's acting skills and sheer on-screen Nicolas Cage-ness earned him a cool fortune of $150 million. Like, you know, imagine if you just had $150 million. You know, just a, just a wee bit, you know? Imagine what your life would actually be like if you managed that money well enough where you're not losing it all. But by the late 2000s, his finances must have felt like Lee Lee Sobieski did when a man in a bear suit came running toward her in the 2006 remake of The Wicker Man because they were about to get punched in the face. Now, Cage declared bankruptcy in 2009, and to this day is desperately appearing in any movie script Hollywood craps out in an attempt to stay ahead of his debts. So where the money went? Cage appears to make financial decisions by holding up a small handheld mirror and asking himself, what would Nicolas Cage do? Over the years, he has purchased a haunted murder mansion, a private island, and a collection of shrunken heads. That is so weird. But his crowning achievement was spending $276,000 on a 67-million-year-old 67 T-Rex skull, which turned out to be stolen. So authorities discovered that the gallery where Mr. Cage bought the skull had been scammed by criminal paleontologist Eric Procopi, whom authorities describe as a one-man black market in prehistoric fossils. Hollywood, you're still making terrible remakes of even more terrible 1990s book series when this guy is walking around with his story untold? Cage returned the skull to its home country of Mongolia, but never revealed exactly what he wanted it for in the first place. The only reason I can think of is that he wanted to grind up the bones and ingest the powder in some sort of voodoo ritual to give himself mystical dinosaur powers and wisdom. But that's completely crazy. That even Nicolas Cage would, wouldn't be into. Wait, Nicolas Cage is into that too. Okay. 
Oh, so it actually this actually links to uh, Nicolas Cage wore voodoo mask on Ghost Rider set. So this is the interesting thing about like these celebrities or extremely high net worth individuals or like high income earners, right? They're interesting. <laughs> they like interesting things. Number four, Heidi Montag spent ten million dollars in preparation for the Mayan apocalypse. So you may remember Heidi Montag as one of the stars of the reality drama The Hills. I honestly do not. And I think that was a very, very long, long time ago. She was the one who met and eventually married the Spencer Pratt. While viewers at home watched and felt much better about their own lives, Montag and Pratt have inexplicably remained famous since then and eventually made a fortune of around $10 million because it turns out the terrorists were right. It's become a bit of a cliche to dump on talentous reality stars, so I'll add here that the couple have also managed to remain happily married for seven years and that they both probably have some very nice qualities. However, being good with money is not one of those qualities. So where the money went? By 2010, Pratt and Montag were spending money like the road was ending because they thought the road was ending. So in 2013, Pratt admitted that he and his wife believed that an asteroid was going to hit the Earth on December 21st, 2012, and that the best thing to do was get rid of all that pesky money before that happened, presumably because cash and value bills would only weigh a person down in the underground garbage mines once cockroaches had taken over the Earth. I guess whoever wrote this article, props to you. So the couple went on a wild pre-apocalyptic spending spree, handing out thousands of dollars to friends and tipping people $200 to open doors. That's literally absurd. Eventually, they were forced to move back in with Pratt's parents after their money ran out and they could no longer afford a house. And after all that, the prophecy turned out to be BS. Or maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was all set to happen, but then... God changed his mind because he couldn't stand the idea of Spencer Pratt being right about something. Okay, again, I gotta say, whoever wrote this article, props to you. Number three, Anton Walker lost a bunch on the housing crash. Sure, you can make decent money starring in reality shows, but most reality stars look as poor as hobos compared to professional athletes. NBA star Antoine Walker earned upwards of $110 million over the course of his 12-year career, basically almost $10 million a year or about $25,000 a day. Imagine if you were making $25,000 a day. That is insane. So the guy probably earned more during the time he spent pooping in the morning than most people do in a year, even if he was getting enough fiber. But given that he's appearing in this article, he can probably guess that Walker's golden days of cash pooping are unfortunately over. So where the money went? Some of Walker's money went the way one can expect money to go when you hand millions of dollars to a guy who's barely old enough to drink. He built his family members' giant houses, was particularly fond of expensive cars, and hired his own personal wizard, he assumes, that wrote the article. But the main problem was that Walker, realizing that his basketball career wasn't going to last forever, decided to 
found a real estate firm and buy 140 properties in the Chicago area, which might usually be a good example of smart long-term financial planning. It said that he did this in the mid-2000s, basically like right before the crash. So the housing market imploded and Walker, still busy with the tail end of his MBA career, was unable to pay attention to which of the properties were actually worth something, and so by 2010, he was bankrupt. Now here's the thing, right? If he did this in a different way, where he just bought these properties in cash, then if he held on to it, one, he would not have been bankrupt, and then two, guess what? If he held on to them, he probably would have actually survived and made a lot more money. So today, Walker has a somewhat stable career as a basketball analyst, but admits that he doesn't even own a car anymore and is currently reduced to using Uber to get around, which is depressing. So which is probably the most tragic part of this whole story, given that conversations with your Uber driver are awkward enough without the guy recognizing you and asking what happened to your Bentley. Number two, Dave Foley fathered his way to misfortune. So comedian Dave Foley graced our giant boxy TVs throughout the 90s in shows like News Radio and Kids in the Hall. He remains active in stand-up, and after his long, storied career lasting three decades, he has managed to accumulate an impressive net worth of negative $500,000. So in other words, he would have been better off if he spent the last 30 years sitting on his sofa in his underwear playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the NES. And unlike some of the other people in this article, Foley never made any spectacularly bad financial decisions or unwise purchases, rather like the flaming wreckage of a car that hit a moose on the highway, Dave's bad situation is due solely to bad timing and being Canadian. Oh, that's interesting. So where the money went? In 1997, Foley broke up with his wife and the mother of his two children, who were thankfully the same person. At that time, his career was going great. He was earning about a million dollars a year, largely from his role in news radio. Which, I mean, imagine, like, a million dollars in 1997 is insane. Which kind of makes you think, okay... Well, Joe Rogan also did news radio. So how much was Joe Rogan making every year from news radio back then? Because that kind of goes to show you just how rich Joe Rogan has been for almost all of time. So child support for his kids ran about $17,000 a month, but who cared? When you're earning a million dollars a year, you probably find more than that between your couch cushions after a weekend rich people party. But then disaster struck. News radio was canceled and Foley's income dropped quicker than mine almost did when I submitted an article titled, Five Reasons Cracked.com is for Stupid Jerks. That's pretty funny. So despite his massively reduced income, according to that link in the first paragraph, he now makes around $4,000 a month. And a Canadian judge then ruled that Foley was obliged to keep up the child support payments because his children deserved to live at the comfort level they were accustomed to. Now, here's the thing, right? I feel like this is such a bad statement because it's like no one deserves to live at any comfort level. Right? Like, just because you lived a good life doesn't mean you should continue to live a good life, right? 
And just because you lived a bad life doesn't mean you should have to live a bad life, right? You should be able to try to improve it as much as possible. So if you ever try to scrounge together $17,000 in a month, you'll know it's quite an effort unless you're a spam bot talking about earning money online, in which case, tell us how in the comments. Which, funny enough, this happens on YouTube, this happens on basically any social media platform that has a comment section. So by 2011, Foley was complaining that he couldn't step foot in Canada without being very politely arrested for owing half a million dollars in back payments. Now we can all learn a valuable lesson from this. Never, ever fall in love and get married. Stay at home at night and read Cracked. Instead, we'll never leave you. Which, I don't know about that. But here's the thing that you can learn from this, right? If you were to get married, what you have to do, right? If there is a massive difference in people's net worth or income, you have to have a prenup. Period. End of story. Now, if you both started with basically nothing or at the very same income, then there's no reason for a prenup because then you guys basically built wealth together, right? But again, you could plan for situations like this and you can also make a prenup in the sense that you could basically say like, hey, if we were to break up or get divorced and we have kids, this is how child support should actually be handled if it were to come to that. And number one, Thomas Jefferson went broke because of a million dollar wine habit. So Thomas Jefferson, America's third president and the author of the Declaration of Independence, is often held up as a demonstration of good old-fashioned American values, well apart from the whole owning slaves thing. Although Jefferson repeatedly disparaged public debt during his lifetime, he wasn't so principled about his own money. He ended up dying broke with debts of over $100,000, which again, this is why you never get into debt. And if you're guessing he spent all of his funds on a vast bald eagle breeding program, you're going to be disappointed. So where the money went? Basically, the guy had a taste for really expensive wine. Jefferson became a super fan of the drink while living in France in the 1780s, and after his return to America, the inferior colonial wines no longer cut it. So he did the logical thing and started importing the stuff from Europe. Jefferson was so knee-deep in wine hipstersim, hipsterism that he even imported it in glass bottles rather than in the standard barrels because he was paranoid that crooked merchants might water it down en route. All this added up to a habit that in current dollars cost over a million dollars a year, and here you were feeling guilty for buying the fancy scented hand sanitizer to get drunk on. So Jefferson's set were also affected by the effed up financial situation in America during much of his lifetime, but he really didn't help things by building a giant house and then constantly renovating it. So if a current president spent his money the way Jefferson did, a three-book deal would spontaneously materialize on Bill O'Reilly's nightstand. See Coville tweets here and has a book on sale here. Blah, 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 blah. So yeah, I mean, I thought this was a pretty funny article, right? I mean, whoever wrote it, again props to you like this is pretty funny and this was written back i think in uh 
what was it, 2016? Yeah, 2016, February 2016, written by C. Coville. And he, he literally has like a meme for his like profile or her. That's pretty funny. But here's the thing, right? Like what you could learn from this situation, right, is that you have to spend less money than you make. That is the most important principle. Stay out of debt. Or if you do have debt, get out of debt. Have an emergency fund and start putting money into investments so that you could live a much better life. So that regardless of your level of income, or status, or celebrityness, and whatnot kind of stuff, you can still live a good life no matter what. Because you don't want to end up having to do things that you don't want to do just to make money, right? Now, everyone wants to make more money, but you don't want to have to be forced to take a side gig or a job or a part-time job or multiple part-time jobs to simply make enough money to basically survive, right? You don't want to be in that situation. So if you need help and you want to learn how to master your money so that you can get out of debt and never be in this type of situation, regardless of how much money you end up making or do make right now, go check out 40inbox.com to learn the simple way to master your money and get out of debt so that you can have a more free life and feel free to give your thoughts as well hey this podcast is sponsored by our personal finance courses so if you have problems with mastering your money and you need help go down below and learn how to master your money and this is a plan that anyone of any income level can follow it is simple and easy to follow for any income level in any situation and is very straight to the point and if you want to learn how to make money online go down below as well and we'll see you in future episodes